Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Born Too Late podcast, where I, Jay Castro, and my friend that's sitting right here next to me, Josh Rutledge, talk to musicians, journalists, broadcasters, label owners, or anyone else making a fuss in the world of underground music right now, today. Josh, who do we have on tap for tonight? So tonight, our guest is Rob Brake, a very talented musician and a quite brilliant artist from London, Ontario, who performs in a variety of excellent bands crossing the genres of garage punk, synth punk, post-punk, and straight-up punk rock. You may know him from Isolation Party, Mono Negatives, Clazo, Telegenic Pleasure, or even from his solo recordings. Last year, Mono Negatives released the album Apparatus Division, hands down one of the best punk rock records of 2021. Earlier this year, Clauser released Demic Dimension, an album I have hailed as a goddamn classic upon arrival. If you're looking for some modern-day punk music that's full of creativity, originality, and sheer excitement, you should seek out everything from this guy's catalog. On that note, we are beyond excited to welcome Rob Brick to the program. What's going on? Nothing much, man. How are you doing? Good. I'm just sitting in my van right now doing this interview with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, awesome. Is yeah, that the, the new no, van no, you just got? See y'all. Thank you all for having me, man. Well, of course, man. Is that the new van you just got? Yep. Yeah, you saw that, eh? Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This thing's mint. Head to toe minted. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, right on, right on, right on. So you guys are like very far apart from each other and you're organizing this at different time zones. It's yeah, wild. It it's not easy. <laughs> it's good though tonight because at least you and I are in the same time zone and then Jay is the one that's <laughs> three yeah, hours behind. Kinda, you're, you're, you're out in Arizona? Is that where you're at? Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, it's all right. Scenery's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice. It's hot. it's nice right now. It's getting hot. It's yeah, gonna get Yeah, no, no. I have friends of mine who all live there. My friend Melanie lives there and she's like, it's it's the blistering heat. Yeah, yeah, I've lived here all my life and you never get used to it really. No, you know, you're not used to it. No, you don't you just learn to live with it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess I feel that same way about like the winter. <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys, that's your the bane of your existence oh yeah oh, I, was, I was working out in that all year man like i was like out in like frigid cold like minus 30 all year because i do construction right man i don't even know i i've never experienced that i have no idea what that's like wow. minus 30 degrees well yeah, that's yeah you guys you guys have like you know the fahrenheit and we have like celsius right so like i guess what would that be like fahrenheit 
God, I don't even know. Anyways, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's just cold as fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have my abacus, so I can't figure it out right now. <laughs> I said, I don't have my abacus, so I can't figure that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, minus 30 cold. Celsius is cold. cold. Yeah, Josh knows what's up. Yeah. Is that is that so cold enough that, like, it'll damage your skin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes when I walk to work, man, like, this is, I, I experienced this, I think, in, like, 2018 or something like that, around that time. I was walking to work and my eyelids like shut, froze, and oh. I had to like rub my face to like get them back open. I was like, "Oh, holy fuck, no!" Ah, that's serious yeah. stuff. Yeah, man, it's pretty wild here. I mean, I I live in like the the most southern point too, which is like imagine going like up north. Like you, you throw like a cup of water outside, and it turns into like mist immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. I'd like to see that at least once. Yeah, you will. You will. It's not going <laughs> You give me too much credit. You know, you, I, I don't know. Maybe somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where I could go to do that. Cool, man. Well, <clears throat> thanks again for, for doing this, man. We appreciate it. We yeah, have brother. been fans. I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember, um, I used to have my blog audio ammunition and you sent that isolation party record. Oh, yo, that was you. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> oh, wow. Small world, man. Yeah, I was I was a crazy guy back then, man. I was, like, just getting at everybody because I was really excited and stuff. Not that I'm not now. It's just, yeah, no, a lot of years have passed by. And, like, you know, people are like, yo, you got a hold of me at this time. I'm like, holy shit, I did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, I'm glad you said it because that, that's one of the things, you know, I always tell Josh, one of the things that's so worth doing the blogs and and music and like writing about music is when you get <clears throat> i love uh, uh, ammunition uh, by the way that was something i kept up with for a very long time oh thanks man i like, appreciate no, that thank you man that's your that's your rule but yeah dude I, I i love getting albums that i had no idea what it was and just putting it on and it just slayed <laughs> that was like my favorite thing. I'm like, what the hell is this? I put on my like, holy. I mean, I thought that about your record. So I, I had, I messaged you. Yeah. I'm like, holy yeah, crap, yeah, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending this. This is a freaking try. man. Sorry. If, like, I'm not allowed to swear on here. I don't really know. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> Let her rip. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, dude, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Like that, that record came out so long ago, man. Like, you know, now looking back, it's like a time piece for me. Cause like I, I still, I had a guy in Japan like email me not that long ago, being like, "I listen to this record every day. It's my favorite record. Like I love Fiber Optic Holiday." And it was like in like the, like the, obviously like the best he could speak English because like English is not his first language. And so I, I like totally deciphered it, and I was like, "Oh, I, I really dug the record. That's rad, man." I know from where that man cometh. <laughs> you, know, you know what's cool about that too is that like um josh had to take a little break there just because like you know personal life shit got in the way but yeah we're back on board doing some more new stuff with isolation party which is like i'm, I'm very excited about that because i i didn't want to push like josh in any other direction that like you know he otherwise would wouldn't get excited about music anymore right so that's why like, i keep myself active and you know when he wants to gravitate back to that project it's like entirely in his hands right Josh being your drummer, correct? No, no, Jake's my drummer. Josh is the other guitar player and singer. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll hear him on like half the record, man. It's like a co-partnership when we wrote Fiber Optic Holiday. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Record still holds up. Thanks, man. I just want to tell you that. That, that, means, <laughs> that means the fucking world to me, man. Thank you.
Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, dude. Of course. Yeah, man. And let me know if you can like hear me or not, as I'm kind of like yelling in my van right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to do this shit in my apartment because like my girlfriend's like, you know, working on some art right now. I didn't want to like, you know, fuck up any of her feng shui because I make art too. And if something if, if something annoying is happening right beside me. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like I start getting mad. You know, it's process, I, yeah, but... I totally get that. And we'll yeah, get to your art here yeah. shortly because I, I want to ask you about that. But anyway, yeah, um, let's, yeah, if you, if you want to just go ahead. Yeah, let's get started. Uh, kick off the, the formal interview. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. So... Thank you for joining us tonight, Rob. We are glad to have you on the show. Ow! Good to see you guys, man. So we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that you are in a number of bands. And yep. they're all a little different, but all like really great. And so I just thought we could start with kind of a, a funny question. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you in so many bands? Like, what is it about you that can't be contained into just one musical entity uh uh, to be fair uh i don't know you know i I think i'm just half insane and like i think life is really short and like you know musically i need a lot of vehicles to be able to properly express myself and it's just you know music's a very important thing for me day to day like i wake up in the morning the first thing i i want to do is music and from the time i wake up and go to bed right so i mean it it is equally just as important as like the people i've met as well like the people I've met here in London, like I've met a lot of really talented folks and I'd be half insane not to like, you know, find that, utilize it and just make time for it because it's, it's important, right? Like one day, poof, you're gone. And what have you left behind? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And plus, man, I mean, <clears throat> personally, like I, I kind of a, like that when, when people do different projects and title them different, you know, like. You have mono negatives, you have Clazo, you have Isolation Party. Because like when I buy an album, like if I get a Clazo record and like like oh and and then and it sounds like like Isolation Party or you know whatever, I like to know what I'm getting into. You know, I like yeah. when I hear a band or you know like like if I if I buy a Devo record and all of a sudden they sound like you know the modern lovers i'm like what the hell is this yeah, this is what i signed up for you know what i mean yeah man so. you know what and like a lot of a lot of people i've noticed like you were in like a lot of bands and this is not like a shot against anyone personally like i've noticed it like it's it's hard for some people to compartmentalize certain like atmospheres of like the band that they're playing in because it can just spill into like you know band a into band b and i have a really easy time being able to just be like no this is one thing and it cannot coexist with the other and like that like artistically i i will never ever let anything like that ever happen like i'm super super anal retentive about that you know no it's cool i mean it's yeah, it's, it's appreciated and so speaking of of your different projects mm-hmm. what led you to to uh uh do a cover of uh Huey Lewis's Hip to Be Square. Like, how, where did that come from? <laughs> oh man, that's the funniest story. It's funny as fuck. Like, you're gonna laugh. Um, so like you remember like 2020 when things were like at the peak of like bleakness and things were just like absolutely dreadful. Like you, you I thought humanity was gonna get wiped out. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'll be 
totally frank with y'all. Like I thought things were gonna like be looking very bad. Yeah, so, it was a dark time. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, it was it was dreadful. And so I, I was up one night, man. I think I was like just fucking drinking and watching a Rambo movie or something. <laughs> like eating a bag of chips, like, you know, sipping on a fucking six pack out of many I had. And my buddy, my buddy got a hold of me and he's like a really eccentric guy. Like, like I, I, and I stress the point eccentric. That's <laughs> a really eccentric guy. And so he was up like doing God knows what, taking God knows what. And like, he just like messaged me. He's like, man, really? Like, I've been super into garage rock with like, you know, yacht rock in my list lately of bands. And like, you know, I want to like combine the two, man. Like, I'm going to get like people together and I'm going to put like yacht rock comp out. <laughs> What like Sweet. what time of night is this? And you're like messaging me you want to make a yacht rock comp? And so this guy made like a whole ass comp of like bands from like the area. And it's like the yacht rock comp, and I happen to get Huey Lewis in the fucking news. And like straight up, it was so funny. I'm like, how am I gonna pull this off? Like, how's that gonna happen? So I was like, you know what? Like, fuck this. I'm just gonna make it as angular and fucking weird as possible and like I was the only one on that compilation because everyone like tried to like, you know, make it sound like kind of close to it. And I was like, no, fuck this. I can't do that. I cannot do that. And so it just came out sounding the way it did. And it sounds totally like obtuse from like the actual song itself. Because if you listen to it, it sounds like a guy at a a sports game, like, you know, getting a beer and being like the happiest guy on the fucking planet seeing the Jays or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. Listening to it, like, I couldn't, like, I must have heard that song uh dozens of times just because it was out when i was younger and it was yeah, like every yeah. it was like in the zeitgeist at the time and i listened to yours and i'm like i couldn't even tell it was the same song until the chorus i couldn't just be like you know what i mean like sing huey lewis's style and like in the form of like music i'm doing i just couldn't do it oh yeah I'm not, not good enough you know <laughs> Uh, even like, I don't know, that song is funny as fuck, man. I listen to that and I just start fucking cackling, man. As soon as that <laughs> song comes on, man, I just die. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, yeah, that that song, that, that idea was really funny. It's one of those like, pandemic ideas my buddy came up with and like totally brought me out of being like fucking bummed out because of the pandemic, right? And I was just like, I'm going to do this dumbest fuck cover. Like, it's going to be so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. A lot of people that are. Bunch, man. <laughs> A lot of people listening to this might be familiar with some of your newer music. Yeah, man. But you've been you've been doing this a while. Uh, you you've been playing in bands for for a good long time. So could you tell us a little bit about your history and how you got into making music and maybe what your what your first bands were? Yeah. Um. I mean, like I was a little kid, man. Like, I always really clicked into music a lot. Like I don't know. Like my family, like they like you know kind of knew from a very fucking young age that i was like really into music because i always steal my dad's radio and always go through like the channels like frantically finding shit that i wanted to like listen to as like a like even an eight-year-old you know what i mean and uh like flash flash forward like to be being a teenager and i'm just like aggro pissed off teenager with a cheap shitty guitar and you know full of piss and vinegar like completely like staying up all night like not going to school the next day like fucking making music and stuff like that and being a total disappointment to my parents but like whatever man like you know it was something that was really important to me from a very young age and you know by 17 or 16 like i got booted out of fucking high school i wouldn't even lie about that and like all i did was like stay up play music and then like you know a punk band from a town over picked me up and they were they like this 
like street punk band named Organized Chaos. And I was like totally this influential little kid at the time, like being like, oh, cool, older guys are a punk band like me. Oh, cool. <laughs> like I get, I get to go tour. Yeah. So like I skipped all this school, pissed off my fucking parents. And like, you know, I just went out touring at the age of like 15, <clears throat> 16, 17. Right. And yeah, like getting into like getting into that flash forwarding, like more time went by. And I found myself like, you know, still actively wanting to do music, even in my 20s and now in my 30s. And somehow it rolled into being like something completely fucking serious, a lot more serious. And I, I do actually treat it like it's uh, it is like, you know, my my hustle and my job. Right. Well, dude, I just want to say this before I get into my next question. You're a really prolific dude. Thanks, man. And I there's, you know, yeah, there's been other prolific uh, uh right you know uh writers oh. but very few have i liked that you know how, how am i supposed to say? all the stuff that you do i like Thanks, and man. that's very rare <laughs> you know i mean out of all your projects it's like okay that's gonna kick ass yeah mom and i goes yeah i kicks ass <laughs> I like, Party, yeah, I kick. you know i'm like oh man it's so that's great man Thanks, it's man. it's it's great that there are people, young people like you that are doing this. Oh, and I'll never stop, man. You know, not to like rant too much. And I apologize. Like, you know, sometimes I can get into like fucking story mode and I'm like, you know, grandma. Dude, that's why we're here. That's that yeah, is why we're here. So. <laughs> uh, no, I like getting, getting to like what Josh was saying. Like, you know, when he asked that question, it's just like, yeah, like the more time went on, like, like you know, it's fine if you don't want to keep playing music forever. That's it's not for everyone, man. But like, you know, I, I just never stopped as a kid. You know, it was always really important to me, no matter what happened, that I just kept doing it because, you know, how, how do you how do you just stop doing that? Like, how do you just strip yourself of your fucking personality? You know, you just yeah. you keep going. You don't stop. And for, for me, it just as I got older, it, it snowballed into being a, something a lot more important than I thought it was. Right. Yeah, I, I it becomes part of you, a piece yeah. of you. So. Yeah, man. So you mentioned your art earlier yeah. um what got you started doing that and and what what influences that what influences your art oh man um so like i i actually didn't like i didn't pick up art not that long ago man um so i used to work at this like call center in london that i think like every musician on the fucking planet who's ever been here has worked at like even like Chance from Priors has worked at this same call center. If you're familiar with that guy, yeah, uh, yeah, like he used to live in London. I worked at this like call center that every like punk rock scumbag on the planet ever fucking worked at. <laughs> so they just hired everyone, and you know what I mean. It was like you know you can get any hours you wanted, you can go on tour as much as you wanted. I I went on tour like five times a year, I think, like in 2018, and um, yeah, so I was working there and. My drummer, Dave, like he's he's really big into like artwork and collage art and stuff like that. And he's always been like one of those like people that have like helped me hyper focus on how to do collage art. And so I'm sitting at a desk for nine hours a day. And, you know, he told me he's like, you're going to want to pass the time and looking at your phone ain't going to do it. So he was just like, man, like try collaging. Like, seriously, you'll you, you might like it. And I, I sat down for that like nine hour shift, man. And I must have made like a shitload of collages and stuff. And I found. I really found a, a great way to express myself, you know, and like, <clears throat> sorry, I cleared my throat here. Uh, no, like if, with collaging, man, like, it just came naturally to me after like someone kind of gave me the, you know, the route to do it. Cool. 
yeah so dave dave would be like one of my influences when it came when it comes to that i know it's really funny how close to home that is but he was kind of the one that uh pushed me in that direction so we got to talk about some of the music because mm-hmm. i think jay and i are, are both huge fans of a lot of these records you've been putting out Thanks, the man. last couple of years you're just on fire Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. that motto negatives record apparatus division yep it, it's like when i think about the a lot of the people who i respect they were all the ones saying oh this is like the best record released last year or definitely the <laughs> top two or top three and it, it really is great and and i was just so stoked to see so many people into it yeah. So I'm just wondering what, what your perspective on that record is. Why do you think people have responded the way they have to that album? I'll be honest with you, man. Like, you know, as proud as our record as I am, and I'm not taking that away from, like, you know, the other guys, I don't I don't understand how that blew up the way it did. Like, it'd be <laughs> like, the fucking, this is the best record of 2021. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, like, you know, it is a good record, and don't get me wrong, and I'm not being self-deprecating. It's just, <clears throat> like, the whole, like, synth punk genre, kind of gets roped into like the like the egg punk genre and that like in my opinion that has a very crowded genre like a lot of people are doing that and so like you know i don't know how that like if, if that record got roped into being an egg punk record and generally a lot of people will say mono negatives is like an egg punk band and i'm i'm gonna say i disagree but that's like you know that's someone else's opinion they're allowed to have that but um i don't know how that record got like you know like the throw up of success it got it it, like it blew my fucking mind man to be honest dude because i just like you know it got like out one day and then in 24 hours in canada it just sold out like i just got kept getting orders and order after order and then it was gone and then you know months roll by and people are like putting it on their best of 2021 list and you know i i I think it's just a combination of those guys being on their a game because like a lot of those like guys in mono negatives like myself included are very methodical about the way they write and do things and you know there there is like a there is a point to prove when you have a process like so methodical to be able to make something like apparatus division and like on top of on top of that we're just a bunch of like absolute fucking nerds like i'm a nerd like every other guy in that band is like an absolute fucking nerd and you know it ties into being very methodical and when you're very methodical and organized i think you can pull it off man that's cool it's so just real quick who else uh is on that record uh that record is just me, John Lamont, and David Serangini. So we we actually have another bass player now, and John, like who originally played bass, now plays guitar. Because he's like an exceptional fucking guitar player. Like, he's better than I am on guitar. The guy teaches me stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Cool, that's cool. Yeah, um, so I want to talk a little bit about the new Clazo record. That you put out uh, February of this year, uh, yep. Demic Dementia. What what can people expect out of this new record as opposed to um, the 2017's Embarrassed of Living LP? Like, what what were you listening to as opposed to back then? Like, like what else got in the mix that's a little different? Oh, that, that's if a anything. Question, man. Um, I I actually like I can answer that one pretty thoroughly. So like the embarrassed the living record, I I don't know why for whatever reason we thought we needed like the studio treatment for our songs because like we thought oh you know if we get into this like nice studio things will sound good people will be able to hear it better and like that was the exact opposite of what that band needed. That band did not need a studio. Like I personally like believe that band needs to be 
like a hundred feet away from fucking studios that are nice at all times. <laughs> no, like there's no need for that band to ever be in a studio. I think the process of that was like Jesse got this like really like totally cheap shitty like tape machine and then we like ran it through like a old trainer mixer to get his drums and like you know it was just all out of his basement and like it was just like totally like barbaric the way we recorded this record like absolute barbarianism and like i think because we just kept it out of a studio we kept it in our hands you know what i mean and i wanted it to sound as like shrill and pissed off and full of like bullshit as possible I think like what separates that away from like the embarrassed living record is that record was like rushed. It was like, you know, it was, it's too clean in my opinion. And like what to expect from the next record, like as opposed to the first one, it's just, it's honest. It's way more honest. There's, there's more honesty on that record. Well, I can definitely hear that what you were talking about. It, um, I was thinking Derek Dementia sounds more savage you know like you said it just it sounds more pissed off it's more and, honest yeah yeah and that's that's a good thing yeah it just got it has more piss and vinegar in it man and i yeah no I, that's a record i'm insanely proud of and a funny thing about that record too is uh we recorded that in 2019 and it didn't come out till like this year because of like how crazy and fucking wild things got over the course of the last couple of years right and like jesse also had a kid too so like he he just needed to be with his family and stuff and i wanted to like you know make the demic dementia like like the last priority on his list right but, yeah. i i was talking in the intro about how i described that album as a goddamn classic and i can't <laughs> disagree awesome. with that at this point i i, I think i was right I for once, that, man. For I once, mean, my I, instincts I were pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a ripper of an album. Thanks, man. <laughs> so you, you will again be on a lot of year-end lists for top album. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about influences. Usually people talk to musicians about influences. They want to know what bands you're listening to and mm -hmm. songwriters. And I think people can tell like some of the influences, but I'm interested in beyond the uh, musical influences maybe what is it that really inspires you to make music and write songs and, mm. and just be an artist or what are your life influences that, that affect your, your music uh like life influence wise man i actually i have a really good story that can pertain to that um so like i think surrealism and just nihilism and like you know abstract like <clears throat> abstract surreal life shit that, that just happens to me like or i see like you know in everyday life like for example like you know when the pandemic was like you know still rearing its ugly head i i, I got into like the weird part of youtube where i was like watching all these like fucking crazy documentaries and i found this documentary on like sex robots or something like that <laughs> out of japan and i watched that and like the last track on the apparatus division record uh like it's like silicone warmth routine. That's like about a guy who was like married to his like fucking sex doll. And I'm like, what kind of like crazy future are we going to live in, man? Yeah, this is <laughs> just that, like, the that's beginning. What I mean, like, you know, when I see shit like that, it's like, oh, oh God, I can, I can take that in. Like, what is that? That's weird. Whoa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So stuff like that, just absolute surrealism, man. And like, I know people, people have a number of things they can write about, but I think that's like top tier for me is like, you know, when I see something that absolutely like, like just 
makes my brain melt out of my ear. I'm like, how is that a thing? Like, it definitely gets like down on kind of bad, right? Hmm. So, <clears throat> tell me about your live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you you put out a lot of music. You record a lot of music. Is playing your music live something you enjoy doing? Yeah, man. I mean, I've I've done it for a while. I I think like as time's gone on, like you know, I, I find it's uh it's important to some people that they want to play live, and that's how they express themselves. And I think that's cool. Like you know, that's cool if you want to perform live, and that is like a form of your own expression. And people want to be like you know in a certain place to be able to say that like you know I can validate what I'm doing is what I'm doing. Me personally, like you know, live shows are fun, but. I'd rather just, you know, hit the record button over and over again and go chasing after, like, you know, the next tape machine or the next soundboard and stuff. Because I know, I know I'm always going to be able to play live. And live, live to me is, like, a secondary thing. You know, I'll always be able to do it. But I think what hits me most importantly, like, besides, like, all the fun I've had playing live, I've had a lot of fucking fun. It's just, yeah, right, right now at this point, and, like, me doing music, I just don't think that that's, like, the utmost of importance. I do enjoy it, but... Right now, I think the best thing to do is, like, focus on, like, how much better of a fucking songwriter I can get, right? Before, I don't want to dry up, so. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of my my nod towards that, right? So, we touched on this earlier. You you did. The whole 2020 thing. Maybe the whole 2021 thing. Yeah, yeah. 2021, 22 thing. The pandemic, which was so unprecedented and affected everyone. I'm just interested in like, how did that impact you? Like how did it impact you, you personally, or how did it impact you as a musician? I did nothing but benefit from it. In my opinion, you know, I know, I know a lot of people didn't and like my heart goes out to those people. And like a lot of my friends really felt like they got stuck in a rut. And like, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't enjoy seeing that at all. Cause you never want to see people you, you love and care about like, you know, not not stay up right but i mean personally like i was in a job i fucking hated i got laid off of this job i hated and it left me enough with nothing but time to just make music and create and like with that time you know i spent with mono negatives like we made apparatus division around that time and then on top of that like me and marco like from no front teeth made another record that's gonna come out i think end of this year uh, I mean, I, I wrote like and recorded that entire record during the span of that time when the pandemic was just like everywhere and there was just like paranoia. And so, like, again, going back to what I was saying before, I thought everything like everyone was getting wiped out. You know, I thought I was thinking the worst shit possible. And, you know, I wrote this record being like, OK, if I'm going to do this, it better be like, you know, fucking worth it, man. And if this is the last thing I write, then that's it. You know, and that's a, that's a high note to go out on. And again, like not to be like not super doomist, but I did benefit from it because it definitely helped me uh, soul search a lot more as a creative person. Well, <clears throat> someone like you would definitely, I can see benefiting. It's it's like you were saying. It seems like the the musicians that that got hit the hardest were the ones that lived to play live. Yeah, you know, live to tour and yeah. all that. It's like, and they're like again, man. Like I'm not downing anybody who does that. Like that's that's how they express themselves, and that's cool as fuck, man. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, like I can't look at anybody and be like, oh, you're a stupid idiot. How dare you just want to play live? It's just, you know, that's <laughs> that's their way of doing it, right? And yeah, doing yeah. It, it's like you know, I get I get excited like topping in the van, going to get like the next amplifier, and being like, oh, that's gonna sound cool as fuck on my next record. Yeah, like let's hit record right away. Like. <laughs> 
and like Dave, Dave's the same way I am, like the drummer of Mono Negatives. Like we're both like, you know, two peas in a pod. We're always in the van going to drive, like, you know, hours away getting like stupid gear and like, you know, playing live is cool, man. Like I'm, I'm happy anybody asks me to do it, but it's never going to be the first of my priorities, right? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about um, how you hooked up with It's Trash yeah. uh, for that Killed by Meth comp that you that they put out. There was a Clazo song, Smash the Letter. <laughs> oh, man, that's like the best story of all time. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm glad yeah, I asked man, this. Yeah, I, got, like, I apologize if I'm ranting at all, dude. Just, yeah, dude, you know. It's, no, not at all. I love, I, I love being talked to about this shit because it's a lot of fun, man. Um, no, uh, so back in 2016, I played in this like garage punk band and uh, I was like really new to London. I didn't really have a lot of friends here and stuff. And so I was like, you know, pretty fresh faced. And I had like, you know, this band that I was really like, you know, digging at the time and I was doing things with them. And Jesse was like this like mystical figure in London, <laughs> like the like garage punk guy. Like, and I was like, who is this guy? I want to get a hold of him. Like, he's like the coolest fucking dude. And like, it's trash rules. And so I show up at his door, like, step one day and, like, buy records, right? And, like, Jesse, Jesse's a really straight shooter. Like, if I have to, like, you know, say anything about Jesse, he's, like, as straight shooter as it gets. Like, you you won't get no, like, there's no fat with that guy. Like, he tells you how it is, you know? And so I look at him and he's just, like, being super blunt with me. Like, just being like, all right, yeah, uh-huh. All right, 20 bucks, man. Let's go. <laughs> like, just, like, handing me records. And I'm like, uh, do you, you want to come out to my show tonight, man? Like, you know, it'd be cool if you did. And he's like, yeah, I'll probably show up, man. And so he came out and, like, we played, like, the gar- most garbagey set that night. And it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I, I, I was just full of piss and vinegar, like, fucking giving her, man. And just, like, you know, he – I've never seen a man, like, rip through a crowd of people faster than I saw Jesse, like – to get to like where I was standing on stage and he looked right at me and was just like, you, you, you and I, we're in a band, you and I. And I was like, okay, man, like, I guess we are in a band together. And then Clazo was made like, I think the next week. Wow. But, yeah. He's the drummer at Clazo, but like, yeah, I've never seen it. Like he got really excited when he met me and like saw that like the music I was playing was like totally reminiscent of what the fuck he was all about. Right. So, like, flash forward, like, a year or so later, and, like, yeah, we, he had us in the Kill by Meth comp, because, you know, obviously, he's the one putting it out, and... Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to put his stamp on it, too, and, no, Jesse, to me, like, we you know, knowing him has been, like, like, probably one of the more pinnacle moments of me living in London, because, like, he was, again, was this mystical figure, and I got to, like, you know, end up being best friends with him and traveling with him everywhere, right? So, Yeah. That's cool, but yeah, Clazo fits right in there, <laughs> perfectly in that comp. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty tinny punk song. <laughs> I also apologize if it looks like I'm like hanging out in like this like dark shed. I realize you guys like you're in like all these like lit environments, like comfortable at home, and I'm in this like lit shack with this like light over here. <laughs> Because my van doesn't have, like, a, a top light that works because it's from the 90s, right? Or, like, the early 90s. So, yeah, this probably looks like I'm, like, hanging out in a dungeon right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love about the podcasting thing. People mm-hmm. can just be at home listening and they have no idea where we are. They can imagine we're in some fancy studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and know. somebody can be in a barn. Somebody can <laughs> barn. be... I can be in my yeah. kitchen. 
or at like you know what i mean anywhere you could think of man like just an ice shack or something like that yeah. <laughs> so really somewhere really obtuse and like totally angular <laughs> so you'd be at a donut shop doing a podcast oh yeah. that'd be great that's cool you guys do this man i really dig it like i i heard you i, I heard your interview with danny lage and i think that was like bar none like probably one of my favorite interviews you had with people i love that guy he's, he's oh, an absolute dude. homie Danny's such a great guy. I know. I, you know, we'd have him on here, like you know, every other show if we could. That was but... so much fun because we could have gone probably three hours. Yeah, man. No, like I was listening to it, and I was like, God, Danny's like so he's so good with his answers, and I, <laughs> I have to, I have to think about my answers. I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah, well, I probably sound like I'm totally stiff right now. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, I'm no, honestly, dude, and I, I'll, I can cut this out. You sound totally fine. Oh yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, this is the third time I personally have interviewed Danny. <laughs> so, third time. Yeah, I interviewed him for, for Audio Ammunition. I interviewed him for the Audio Ammunition podcast, All and right, now man. for this. So. Danny, yeah, Danny's a legend, man. I love that guy, and like, yeah, everything, everything they've done is like fucking awesome, dude. Like, I, yeah. I almost like actually moved to Sudbury. Like, they, I was thinking about it for a while because, like, you know, that's where they're at, or they were at in Sudbury, and a lot of good bands have come out of that neck of the woods in Canada, and it's like totally unexpected. Like, it's Sudbury is like this northern part of Canada that like is in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what he was telling me. He was telling me that they shot uh, Letter Kenny, that show Letter Kenny there. Yeah, you, do you know who does like the sound engineering for that? Mm -mm. Uh, Jeff from Tommy and the Commies. <laughs> wow. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were hanging out at Goddard Fest when they opened up for the Mummies, and like, I was like, Jeff, like, what, what, what the fuck do you do for work, man? Like, you're out in like Turkey. You're out in like, you know what I mean? Like Mexico. Like the next month, I'm like, what do you do for a job? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I do sound engineering for Letterkenny. And I'm like, oh, my God, wow. buddy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't. He showed me pictures of him, like, hanging out with, like, the main character dude from Letterkenny, right? Wow. That yeah, oh, yeah. It's wild shit, man. No. Yeah, it's almost like this. We're becoming a semi-Canadian punk rock podcast. <laughs> some of the, the guests we've had lately. I just yeah. always wonder about this. What is it about Canada that produces per capita so much great punk rock music? I don't know. You know what, man? Like, I have no idea because, like, you know, everybody knows about, like, American punk, like, European punk and, like, British punk. And it's just, like, Canada. Canada really has a special place in punk, I think. Like, you know, when there's a good Canadian punk band, it's a good Canadian punk band. Like, the fucking diodes are, like... You know what I mean? Even like, um, mm -hmm. even like the pointed sticks, man. Like that's got to be one of my top five. Or like, I even on like mine and Marco's next record, we both covered the Demix. Like yeah, I, I did. Uh, I want to know about the Demix. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, it's really cool, man. And like you know, in terms of Canadian punk and stuff like that, like I have no idea, man. It just has a good history of like being strong, and like you know, it doesn't doesn't fucking play around too much, man. I think that's kind of cool. I like the fact that, I mean, it might not seem like it to us, but yeah. Canadian, like 70s or even early 80s Canadian punk is such still kind of a, a kept secret, you know, because you go up to, you know, you know, Joe Q, you know, public, 
Well, yeah, you, they've heard of the Sexuals. They've heard of Ramones. Have they ever heard of the Vile Tones? Have they no. Ever forgotten Rebels? Have ever Teenage Head? Pointed yeah, yeah. Sticks? No, they don't even. So it's it's still like in a way kind of like a a, a guarded secret, which is <laughs> fantastic. It know. is great, man. It's like totally untapped. I think it's cool. It's like you know, it hasn't gotten like. I think it just hasn't gotten overbaked in the sun. You know what I mean? I think that's like you know when yeah. people stumble upon a good Canadian band, they're like, "Holy shit! Why have I never heard of this?" Like even like bands like Personality Crisis. I showed my buddy from like Texas them, and he was like, "What the fuck is this? How have I lived this long?" You know? What's that? A creature that like record creatures for a while like blew his fucking mind. He was like totally hooked on Canadian punk after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It's yeah, it's another thing that I mean, it seems like you know, there's still so many stones left unturned, you know. Oh, yeah, I think I don't know. Like, another thing about Canadian punk, too, is like you know, Canada's very big. I'm sure you guys like yeah. seen a map of Canada, it's fucking huge. A lot of the bands, like you know, whether you're in like a conglomerated scene, like you know, Victoria and Vancouver, or if you're like in the middle of nowhere, like Winnipeg, like you know, it, it, there's a lot of isolation in a lot of places and when you're isolated and alone by yourself that you can really like you can really like bounce ideas off of yourself and i think like you know that isolation mm. in a lot of canadian punk music or it, it can really really like i don't know like stem up from a lot of uh a lot of anxiety and boredom which like i've, I've noticed in like you know the middle of canada where like saskatchewan or winnipeg like there's a great amount of canadian punk bands out of there man like tons and I find that, like, you know, my favorite aspects of Canadian punk all kind of come from there because, you know, they're alone out there and there's nothing out there. It's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. a lot of time for, like, introspection, you know. And <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I never really thought about that. So, Rob, as as we kind of wind things down a little yeah. bit, tell me where where can people go to to listen to your music, to buy your music? to to follow your bands um you know just like everywhere else man Bandcamp. for some reason every time i upload a record it gets thrown on youtube in like five hours <laughs> like you know youtube i'm a big youtube guy i'm not like the hugest spotify guy i'm just starting to get into spotify now like i'm pretty late to the game but like yeah you know you just go on my discogs man you'll see what it's all about and like anytime I put out a record, I always always buy it off the record label first. Like, you know, I'm I'm not hard up for the cash, right? Like I'd rather, you know, the labels get the money first and like, you know, me have to benefit from what the labels are doing for me, right? Like if you're in the neck of the woods, like say if like you're in the USA, just buy off of the US record label. Or if you're in Europe, buy off the European record label before you buy with from me, you know. All right, man. Well yeah, man. again, thank you for 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 sitting down with us and chatting with us yeah, um cool. let, let me just go through my uh, my little spiel here real quick and, and then we'll we'll sign off um so i just want to say before we go go buy mono negatives go buy isolation party clazo and, and wait what are some of the late like the labels that are on you mentioned uh no front teeth um, yeah so like no front teeth would be in Europe and the UK. Like Big Neck was uh, one record label out of the US that we did a lot with with Apparatus Division, and Clazo also got put out on Big Neck Records. Uh, big one neck, one yeah. big heavy hitter right now. One guy I'm really excited to work with. Uh, he's a good dude. His name's Jason. He runs Dowd Records. It's not like not the most punk record label in the world, 
but that guy has put out like some of my favorite bands. Like, you know, have you, you guys ever listened to the band The Cry? Rough, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, like he he just put out Beautiful Reasons like on vinyl. That had never seen vinyl apparently, and like him and him and Corey Duffel, like the pro skateboarder guy, like he uh, he he him and him just like came together and like totally were like, yeah, let's put that like Beautiful Reasons out and. I found Dowd Records because of that record getting put out because I'm like a super fan of The Cry. And then, like, you know, I got to know Jason really well. And he started putting out Mono Negatives releases and he's doing the next LP. So nice. Yeah. That's one guy. If, you, if you're if you on my radar, support that guy. He's cool. Awesome. Awesome. So, on our behalf, on behalf of our guests, Rob Brake, Josh, and myself, Jay Castro, we'd like to thank everybody for for tuning in for listening to our, our, our humble podcast. Thank you so much for commenting for our, the criticisms. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if possible, leave us a review of the podcast. So of course, not only does it help us, but it helps spread the word on all the amazing folks like Rob that we have on our show. So this is the born too late podcast signing off. <laughs> Thanks y'all. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Sincerely. <laughs>